you are a child of God. You are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. You are a citizen of heaven. You are God's masterpiece. You, you are a saint. Now, if you're like me, you may hear those those titles and you may say, man, my life is still such a mess. And there's a whole lot more sinner in me than there is saint. And that very well may be, but please understand this morning, that doesn't change who God says you are. And that is exactly who God says you are if you are His. Man, feels good, doesn't it? To know that you're a child of God's. But hold on now, before you get the spiritual big head, I don't want you to do that. Because I, I want to remind you, and I want to remind myself, that you are, those, you are those things, but it's not because of anything you've done. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you're worthy. You are those things because of Jesus. And because of Christ alone, you have those, those very precious, precious ways that God has described you. Remember, we looked at last week in Philippians chapter 3. We're still in Philippians 3, by the way. But we looked in Philippians 3, verses 1 through 11, and we saw last week that it's not about anything that you've done or anything you've accomplished. But it's all about that relationship. It's all about how well you know Jesus. And as Paul would continue writing in this, in this text, the Philippians 3, what we're going to see is, you know what, there's something he's, he's pretty troubled by. There's something he's pretty upset about. As a matter of fact, it's something that would actually bring him to tears. He's very upset because there, there are people who are claiming claiming to be followers of Jesus, but they're not even trying to live like it. And I want you to hear what the Apostle Paul would say, how he would write this. And before I read it, understand, he is not holding any punches. He says, For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They, they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. I'm a follower of Jesus. Sure. I, I, I believe in Jesus. Believe in God. How I live? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to live how I want to live. And I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, I mean, you only get one shot at this life, so I'm going to live whatever I've got to do to make myself happy. That's, that's how I'm going to live. And I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of that. Shame? I don't have any shame for living how I want to live. You can't tell me how to live. You see, it was a problem then, and it's a problem today. People, people who would claim Christianity, people who would claim to be followers of Christ, but in reality are living as enemies of the cross. Why? Because their focus is earthly things. Their focus is this world. 
Their focus is the delight of the flesh. And the worst part? They don't care. There is absolutely no shame in it. It's a very sad thing to see when someone has a, a desire, a, a desire to live for themselves rather than for God. The Apostle Paul, his heart's desire was he wanted to live for the Lord and he wanted to know who Jesus was. Now we go back. Let's go back in our text to a couple passages from last week. And Paul would write that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The Apostle Paul, he wanted to know Jesus more than anything else. Do we, do we share that? Do, do we want to know Jesus more than anything else in this life? Do we want to know Jesus more than we want that promotion or that raise at work? Do we want to know Jesus more than we want our kids to excel at school or at sports? Do we really want to know Jesus to the point it's a passion? It's not just a passing hobby. It's not just something we do on Sundays. But I mean, it is a passion. It's how we're living our life from day to day that we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Do we really want to know Him? I know that we want to be saved by Him. That goes without saying. My fear my concern, maybe concern would be a better word there. My, my concern is I know the temptation. And I know how, how strong the temptation is to just become complacent. To become content in one's spiritual life. And, and you know how that happens, don't you? <laughs> you start looking at the people around you. And you start thinking to yourself, well, I live a better life than they do. Uh, I'm, I'm more like Jesus than they are. And, and because of that, I feel pretty confident in where I'm at. If you don't walk away with anything else today, please, please hear this. If that's where we're setting the bar, if our bar, if our standard is the world around us, uh, our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates, if our, our bar is people who are outside of Christ, then we're setting that bar way too low. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could have life and have hope of life everlasting and live this life in such a way that we would reflect Him to those who don't know Him. He didn't do that so that we could just compare ourselves to other people. No. If we're to be sanctified, then we're to be a people who are comparing ourselves not to the people in the world, not to one another, but we are to be comparing ourselves to the very image of Jesus. But for that to happen, for that to happen again, it has to be our passion. Paul would go on to write, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. 
Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Being sanctified, being like Christ, that was so important to the Apostle Paul that he was chasing after it like a runner. I mean, he is giving it everything he has. There is an end goal in mind. His body is tired. His heart is pounding. He is absolutely focused on one thing and one thing alone, and that is making it across that finish line. I mean, he is fully focused on one thing. I want to be more like Jesus. Understand again, our salvation and our sanctification, they have absolutely nothing to do with us. It's not about us. It's about God. The will and the work of God. That's what saves us. That's what sanctifies us. But here's the part we play. What will we do? Will we live a life of obedience? Will we live a life of surrender? Will we live a life of passion where we are striving to know Him? Because you see, that's the choices we make from day to day. Will I obey? Or will I disobey? Will I live for Jesus? Or will I live for myself? Will I do what the Lord wants me to do? Or am I going to do what I want to do? Because it's what makes me happy. In the text, we're going to see some keys I think some very important keys to being successful in this area of being like Christ, being sanctified. And the first thing as we see is it requires humility. It takes great humility to be able to acknowledge no matter how far you've come in this life, you still have a long way to go. We all do. Hopefully all of us can look at a time in our past and we can say, by the grace of God, that's not who I am anymore. And I have come a long way from that person. I've come a long way from who I used to be. And we praise God for that. That's salvation. But then am I humble enough? Am I humble enough to be able to say, I'm not there yet though. There's still a lot that has to be done in me. The Apostle Paul, he had that humility. That's why he could say, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Now the Apostle Paul, man, such a man of great integrity. He he is a man of great sacrifice when it came to the cause of Christ. And if he knew, if he could look at himself and say, I'm not there yet, How much further are we? Who are we to think that that we have arrived? He knew. The Apostle Paul knew that there were areas of his life that did not perfectly reflect the, the image of Jesus. And if that's true for the Apostle Paul, again, how much more true is it for you and I? We all, have, we all have room to improve. We all have struggles. It's just for whatever the reason, so often as a child of God's, 
we just don't want to acknowledge it. And we just aren't willing, for whatever the reason, to face up to it. And again, I think so much of it goes back to what I was saying a moment ago. It's because we've gotten in a horrible habit of comparing ourselves to other people. I mean, listen, if I took my life and I wanted to compare myself to the people of the world, maybe I'm on like some kind of Mount Rushmore of spirituality. <laughs> but when I compare myself to Jesus, I see how broken I am. I see what a sinner I am. I see how far from perfect I am. I see how far from the finish line that I am. That takes humility, doesn't it? It takes great humility to be able to look to the, the very Word of God. To look to the nature of the God. To look to the nature of who Jesus is. And say, God, show me. Show me the areas of my life that aren't aligned with Your will. Help me to see. Help me to, to change. Help me to be who You've called me to be. But that takes a lot of humility. And sometimes we're too prideful because we think we sit in a pew, we've reached the finish line. When that's simply not the case. Sanctification, I think, also requires a very, very short memory. We all have things in our past that we would like to change. We, we've all made poor decisions. We've all missed out on good opportunities. We've all been hurt by other people. But now there's absolutely nothing we can do about that. We can't do anything to change our past. But one thing we can do, which will be a great step forward for many of us, we can stop living in it. Well, we can. We can stop living in the past and finally begin to move forward with, with today and, and tomorrow and whatever it may bring. But Satan, man, Satan's alive, y'all. And he wants to keep us trapped. He wants to keep us trapped in the past of those poor decisions or, or bad mistakes that we've made or how other people have hurt us because he knows if he can keep us trapped in the past, we will never be able to move forward for the Lord the way that God would want us to. And that's why at times, he sees us making a, an effort, right? He sees us striving to move forward a little bit. And then we start hearing him and he says, it doesn't matter. It's never going to get any better. Things are never going to change. You're never going to be alright. This is always going to be with you. There is no way you can let this go. And after a while, after a while, we start listening. And we start to feel trapped. We start to feel trapped by our past. But we can be just like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a horrible past. There were a lot of bad decisions that he made. But he left the past in the past. Again, we go back, he said what? Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own. One thing I do, here's the key. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. I forget what's in the past and I move forward with the present. I leave the past in the past. Oh, 
But that is so much easier said than done some days, isn't it? And why is that? Well, I think it's for some of us, it's because we can't forgive ourselves. I don't know why we feel this way. But, but sometimes we live as though we don't deserve forgiveness. So we're going to stay stuck in the past and we're just going to keep beating ourselves up for whatever the past was. I mean, we're going to keep just beating on ourselves mercilessly. I mean, giving ourselves all kinds of grief because we think in our mind, I deserve to suffer for that past. I deserve to suffer for those, the, the regret of those decisions. I deserve to suffer the guilt and the shame. And so we're just going to keep beating ourselves and beating ourselves and beating ourselves because I deserve that. But do I? Not if I believe in Jesus. Because if I really believe in Jesus, what is it that I know? I know that He took my sin to the cross. And I know that He suffered the, the pain and the agony of the shame of the cross so that my sin, so that my sin could be paid for. And when I begin to understand that, you know what? Then I see the need to just simply re repent and, and, and come back to Jesus and trust Him knowing that He's forgiven me. And that I don't have to stay in the past. Because He has forgiven me. It's in the past. Sometimes, you know, we, we make a little step further because well, I, know, I know what Jesus has done for me. But Blake, I, I don't deserve to be forgiven. And you're right. You don't. None of us do. There, there is nobody that deserves forgiveness. But you wallowing in the mire of not forgiving yourself, you wallowing in the mire of the guilt and the shame and the regret, that, that doesn't make it any easier to accept the forgiveness of God. Forgiveness is a part of the grace of God. Grace is a gift. Accept the gift for what it is. Accept the fact that God has offered you forgiveness. It is a tremendous gift. Accept it and allow it to enable you to leave the past in the past. But then for others, it's not that you can't forgive yourself, it's that you, you won't forgive other people. Well, Blake, if you knew what they had done, if you knew what they had said, if you knew how they hurt me, then, then you wouldn't expect me to, to forgive them. Matter of fact, you would know they don't deserve my forgiveness. You're probably right. They probably don't deserve your forgiveness. Truth be told, a lot of people don't even desire your forgiveness. The very ones you need to forgive, they don't care. They're, they're not interested in whether or not you forgive. And it really doesn't matter to God if they desire or deserve it because His command to us is quite simple. Forgive. If you want to be forgiven. Forgive. That's why Paul would write to those in Ephesus in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You see, that's it right there. If you want forgiveness, if you want to be forgiven by God, 
then you have to be willing to forgive. That's how you break free from the past and move forward with the the present and, and look forward to the future is by forgiving as Christ forgave you. And as you are striving to grow and to be more and more like Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus forgave. Sanctification also requires action. There would be those who would ultimately read this letter that Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. There would be those who wouldn't completely understand it or they wouldn't completely agree with it. And the Apostle Paul said, that's okay because in due time, you'll get it. But until then, do what's right. He would go on to write in verses 15 and 16, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we've attained. In other words, do what you know is right. Do we know everything about the will of God? No. There is so much in regards to the will of God I don't understand. And I don't know that we will completely understand everything this side of heaven. But what you do know, you know more than enough about what it takes to to be sanctified, about what it takes to actually grow in the image of Christ. You know how important Bible study is. You know how, how important prayer is. You know how important meditation is. You know how important it is to to come together and to worship God as one. You know how important it is to serve one another and love one another. If you want to grow to be more like Jesus, keep doing what you know is right. Keep doing these very simple things that we all need to do. We all need to commit ourselves to doing the things that we know are going to help draw us nearer to God. Those certainly are not things that are going to push us further away from Him. Those are things that are simple things, spiritual disciplines, that will draw us closer and closer to God with each new day. Our spiritual growth, it should be so very important to us. It was so important to the Apostle Paul. He would say, listen, I, I want you to know. I want you to know that you're saved. I want there to be a confidence in that. Not in anything of the flesh. Not in anything that you've done. But I want there to be a confidence in your salvation. Because you know what Christ has done for you. I want you to have that confidence. Even if you're a work in progress. Because we all are. None of us have have reached that goal yet. We're all striving to be more like Jesus. But if you're not really striving to be more like Jesus, if you're really not committed to growing in that relationship every day, then maybe you should ask yourself how committed you really are to the Lord. If that relationship really does even exist. The Apostle Paul was so passionate about it, he says, listen, I'm going to run this race, man. (laughs) And I'm going to keep my eye on the race. And I'm going to get at everything I got because I want to know Him. I can promise you, I can promise you as you strive to live your life for the Lord, as you strive to live a a life knowing Him, that Satan will do everything in his power to tempt you and to distract you and discourage you and to get you to take your eyes 
off of the one and only thing that matters. You remember, right? I know you do. Just talked about it last week. You remember how the Apostle Paul said, I want to know Jesus. Like, I want to know Him so much that everything of this earth is rubbish. Like, everything else is, is like trash in my eyes compared to knowing Jesus. Like, that's how important it was for the Apostle Paul to know Jesus better with each day. And, and that's a passion that we could all and should all share in. But, but sometimes, again, sometimes we, we're listening to the Satan and we're listening to him like chirping in our ear and, and it gets us to be so attached to the what? To the earthly things that we're more interested in the earthly things than we are in really knowing Jesus. Whenever you hear Satan, he's really good at what he does. He's the father of all lies. When you hear him tempting you, when you hear him trying to distract you, when you hear him trying to get in your ear, saying it's not that important to really know Jesus, I want you to listen. Listen to these words the Apostle Paul would write as this particular section comes to a close. Our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Oh, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord my beloved. What did He just tell you? As a child of God's, He just said, don't you ever forget, this world's not your home. You, your citizenship, it's not in Gadsden, Alabama. Your citizenship is in heaven. And we're merely here on this, this temporary earth. We're here just doing what? We're waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So He can take, he can take these, these lowly, temporary bodies, these imperfect bodies, and He can make them absolutely glorious, eternal, That is amazing. And so Paul would say what? So stand firm in the Lord. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't be distracted. Don't be discouraged. Don't let false teachers lead you astray. You stand firm. You stand firm in that relationship with the Lord. And you know, no matter what happens on this earth, this isn't your home anyway. You're just a citizen of heaven, passing through, waiting. Waiting for the glorious return of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what is it you need to be doing in the meantime while you wait? Get to know Him. With every breath, with every day, with every opportunity, you get to know your Savior a little bit better and a little bit better. You, you strive to become a little more like Him every day so that one day, one day you can have the confidence of knowing you're going to be transformed from this lowly, 
physical body, this lowly physical earth, spend all of eternity in the very presence of God. That's our home. You are a child of God's. You are, you are a saint. You are His masterpiece. You are a citizen of heaven. You are an, an heir to the throne. You are a son or a daughter of the King. You are a child of God's. So live like it. Live for He who died for you. Live for He who's made life everlasting possible for you. If you don't have this hope, if you don't have this promise because you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ and been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, do that today. The water's ready if you are. If you're a child of God's, as, as the majority of us are in this assembly, are you living your life anxiously awaiting the return of Jesus? And if not, why not? Are you living your life growing in the image of Christ? Are you living your life growing knowing Jesus? Are you living your life as, as passionate about Him again as a, as a runner crossing the finish line? Do you, do you have that same type of, of endurance? Do you have that same type of focus when it comes to God? It's a passion. It's not a passing hobby. If that's something we can help you with or any needs you might have, won't you come as we stand and sing?